Lord, I thank you today that you have walked with each one of us through thick and thin. You've always been there. You've never left and you won't start now. So Lord, I pray that no matter what despair we might have felt in this last year, I pray that we would be filled with hope in the coming year. And Lord, that we would be grateful for all that you've done in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Isn't it good to just take a moment and focus? And that's what we came to do today. So I'm really thankful that you're here. Um, Have you ever found yourself in a moment where there was too much going on? (laughs) Yeah, you laugh because you can think very easily about those moments that there's too much going on. Maybe there's too much noise. Um, (laughs) I know uh, pastors talk about their kids all the time. You know, I'm not one of them. No, I'm just kidding. I do talk about my kids all the time. But um, Madeline has a song in her heart that I don't want to kill. I just want to quiet it. I just want to just a little bit. Um, you know, we're just sitting at the table and she, la, la, la. Yeah, I mean, at the top of her lungs, you know, just whatever it is on her heart. She's making up songs. She's singing songs that she hears us playing worship music and other stuff. And so she's singing along or whatever. And I'm like, baby, will you just please, just a little bit less. <laughs> baby, will you please shut your door? And you can turn your karaoke machine up as loud as you want. Just shut your door. Uh, she, we get, gave her a ukulele for Christmas. And so she's taking YouTube lessons because that's a thing. Um, And um, she's doing that and she's starting off just like anybody else, but praise God, it's not a saxophone, okay? Um, But anyway, she's learning. And so we've all been in those moments where there are too many things going on. And in fact, I think our lives are filled with a lot of voices, a lot of voices that are competing for our attention. But in the midst of all of that chaos, God wants to speak to each one of us. In the midst of whatever we experience, if it's grief, if it's a great accomplishment, if it's a trial, if it's a triumph, whatever it is, God wants to speak to each one of you. And so you say, well, pastor, yeah, we're in church and we should probably hear a message like this. That sounds good, but I don't know if I know what his voice sounds like. I'm not sure if I'm tuned in to the right frequency or if I've been tapped into that. And so as we talk about a new series in a new year and that kind of thing, I want to teach you some some practical ways that you can mute the voices around you and you can tune in to the right frequency because truly God's voice matters more than all the other ones. There are plenty that are competing and there are plenty that would like to tell you how to run your life, how to make this decision. Here's the pros and here's the cons. You ever done that? You've written a list of pros and cons. Almost every one of us have done that at some point in our life, whatever it is. And so we want to be able to get to the place of hearing God's voice though. Let me ask you this question. What's the major difference between a believer and an unbeliever? Think about that for just a second. What would be a major difference between a believer and an unbeliever? I'm using those terms um, specifically on purpose, but the difference is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what makes a difference. The difference is those who believe have a relationship with Jesus Christ and personal relationships include 
communication. Just think about that. Believers can hear from God. And I believe that each one of us, starting from the moment that we're born again, even before that, I have heard stories where God has spoken to an unbeliever and then their life has been transformed as a result of obedience to that thing. I know that God is a speaking God. And so we need to understand unbelievers, they gather facts for decisions and stuff like that, and then they make a decision. But we have the benefit of having God with us, in us, and living inside of us. And wouldn't you rather make decisions based on what God thinks? Uh, well, let me stop you right there and say this again. Wouldn't you like to make decisions based on what God thinks? It's not comfortable all the time. It's not fun. You say with your mouth, yes, I do want to make the decision that God wants me to make. But when the rubber hits the road, it can be a lot more challenging than we, than we think in this moment. So I don't want to live in 2018 basing my decisions just on my thoughts or on what I think is right or on, okay, well, this is the list of pros and it outweighs the cons, so I'm gonna go with this. I don't wanna do that. I want to know that God is speaking to me. Um, if I were to be in the secular marketplace, like many of you are, if you're working a regular job at a career, and maybe you have a change in your career or an option to change, maybe it's a forced change, wouldn't you want God to be able to speak to you and say, you know what, before you sign up with this new company, they're actually, they're not gonna make it through the year. Wouldn't you wanna know the Holy Spirit's direction in your relationship, right? Wouldn't you want to hear his voice on the daily? I, who wouldn't, in the right mind, in the right spirit, who wouldn't want to hear his voice? But you know, the sad thing is there are entire branches of theological thought, other people, branches of the kingdom of God that actually believe that he doesn't speak any longer. And I just find that really hard to believe that he spoke for thousands of years and then somehow at the first century's close, he decided, you know what? I'm just not gonna talk to you anymore. I just don't think that that's how it, it went. So I wanna encourage you to think about this. If you have the thought that God doesn't speak anymore, I want you to be challenged. In this series of messages over the next several weeks, I also want to challenge you that if you are a believer who hears God's voice, to pray for those who don't. You could even pray daily for your pastor to make sure that God speaks to him and that he hears from God. You can pray for those around you, for your spouse. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Wouldn't that be nice? Don't nudge your spouse, right? Yeah, I saw that. Um, it would be nice if we all heard from God. Notice I said heard from God, not from your wife, okay? Uh, but heard from God. And sometimes those things are definitely in sync, okay? I will say that to save some skin. But um, God spoke for thousands of years and then for him to stop speaking, it's just generally speaking, it's just irrational to think that he spoke all this time and that he no longer does. 
So I wanna say something to you that might take you a moment to kind of absorb, but hearing God is not something you do. Hearing God is someone you are. It has to do with a shift in our focus. And we're talking about frequency over the next several weeks. And Mark showed me an app on his phone this morning that is a live frequency. Uh, like it knows what frequency you're on when you just speak into it. And it has these bars that go up and down because each of us are on a frequency. Now it's a little outdated to talk about radio waves because we probably listen to Sirius or did you know they're not making cars with CD players anymore? Like, that's pretty crazy. We're going in a new direction, okay? And so having said that, there are cars that you don't even need a wire to plug your phone. It's just Bluetooth. We know that different capability, but here's the deal. It's tapping in to the right frequency that matters. And I have a feeling there are many believers, including myself, who've experienced this over a period of time, where we've not been tapped into the right frequency, where we've been maybe tuned out, if you could say that. God, don't you wish that you could tune out your kids someday? Some of you do, and that's not safe, okay? That's not safe, but uh, you, you, gotta, you gotta tune in to the right frequency to hear God's voice. So I've titled today's message this, I am a sheep, because we say that hearing God's voice is not something that you do. It's not an activity that you do. It's actually who you are as an individual, as a believer. And I'm gonna unpack this a little bit and help you see it. But I want you to go with me to John chapter 10. We're gonna read from John chapter 10 today. We'll have the verses on the screen as well. John chapter 10, Jesus is contrasting himself as the good shepherd to the thief and the robber who is Satan. Did you know that Satan still steals? Now, I know I said that in the South and y'all sometimes sound the same when you say still steal. Okay, let me try it one more time. Satan is still actively doing what he's always been doing. Come on. So if we think about it in terms like that, then obviously if he being a created being then obviously the God who created him is still the same God and he's still doing the same thing that he's been doing, which is hearing us when we pray, but also speaking to us as well. So John chapter 10, Jesus is talking about himself as the good shepherd. And I want us to read verses one through four and then I'll quickly explain it. He says this, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door Think about that for just a moment. But climbs in by any other way or by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. In those days, even still today, a sheepfold where they would have been safely taken care of would have been a little maybe, you know, yay high sort of fenced in area with brick, with uh, some sort of stone. It would have been there and there would have been a door the people who try to come in and climb a fence are the bad guys, okay? They're the ones who are trying to poach and take somebody else's sheep and go somewhere else. The devil's still doing this. But Jesus is saying here, the one who enters by the door is the shepherd. 
The next verse says this, verse two, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Even in the absence of the shepherd, there's still someone safeguarding the sheep. I believe with all of my heart that hear what Christ says. He says, the sheep hear his voice, the voice of the shepherd, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. If you do any study about shepherding over the history of shepherding, which has been around for thousands of years, they weren't just like, hey, you number one, come follow me. They actually named those that would be in their flock and they called them by name, just like you would call your pet dog or whatever. You can't call a cat because they will not respond, but you can call a dog and they'll come, okay? Unless they got something, you know, a little off or you, maybe they smell something that's not in the right direction and they won't obey, but when, when we think about this, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and he calls them by name and leads them out. Verse four says this, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now you gotta stop when you're reading scripture and think through what you just read. Because that last verse is really profound and you might not have thought about this before. That's a mixed bag. He's got his sheep mixed in with other sheep from other places and other shepherds. That's why he's calling them by name to come and follow him out. They're in a communal type thing where there are other competing voices and he is, is naming them, calling them, and leading them out. And they follow him because they know his voice. So robbers have been trying this for centuries to climb a fence and say, come here, sheepy, sheepy, come here, sheepy, sheepy. And because it's a different voice, they don't respond. You got to think about this in terms of you and I being a sheep. Verse 11, jump down to verse 11. It says this, Jesus is speaking this whole time. And he says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down, lays down his life for the sheep. Now we think about that in context that God is, his son is being called the good shepherd. We even see Jesus with sheep in the field behind him with a shepherd's staff. We hear the different things that we think about through scripture about us being sheep. In fact, it says that Jesus at some point saw the crowd and he had compassion on them. His heart was broken because he looked at them and they looked like they were sheep without a shepherd. Like, hey, what do we do? <laughs> hey, where do we go? Hey, there's chaos in the, in the group of sheep because they don't have that leading voice. There's chaos in your life when you can't hear the voice of the shepherd. So my challenge to you throughout this series of messages is going to be, is, I'm gonna say something, I'm just gonna be me. Is that okay? That's okay, right? I'm gonna tell you this. There are some voices you need to mute and there are some voices you need to excommunicate out of your life. You don't need to ever hear those voices again. Sometimes that might be a voice inside of you 
There might be some unbiblical reality that you've been trained in your thinking to say, you know, I'm a loser. Nothing ever good is going to happen to me. I'm a this, I'm a that, whatever. And you've got to literally distance and leave that voice behind. You got to follow the voice that is the voice of God because he's the good shepherd. In fact, I'm really not certain why he calls himself the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the greatest. He's the best voice to listen to. And here it says he's trying to get his disciples and all those to understand that he is going to lay down his life for his sheep. He's literally going to sacrifice. He's going to put himself in harm's way on behalf of you. Let that sink in. He is going to be the champion. He is going to be the one who lays down his life and sacrifices himself for you and for I. I believe that according to scripture, God's word tells us that he is indeed right now making intercession. That means he's in the father's presence and he's talking about you and I. He is still laying down his life. He's still the one who is consistently giving his life for you and for I. Not in the death sense that was once and done, but to understand it clearly, to know that that sacrifice never ends, that he loves us. And if he loves us, he wants to talk to us. How many of you have ever loved somebody though and you didn't want to talk to them for a time, right? That's all happened, okay? Sometimes that does happen. In fact, if you read in Genesis, and we will later in our series of messages, if you read in Genesis in the fall, they had been walking with God and talking with God and God had been showing up to talk with them and all of a sudden something happened that changed, shifted their mentality and caused them to no longer want to hear what he had to say. That's a dangerous place for each and every one of us because after all, we are just sheep. We depend on him. We need him. I watched something recently and it had to do with um, managing and, and helping on a farm. And there were some horses involved and there's an individual that's talking about the rearing of the horses, raising them right, taking care of them and taking those that are wild and taming them and all of these kinds of things. And there's a statement that's made there that really stuck out to me because he's taming a wild horse in this moment and he gets the horse to lay down which is not a natural behavior for a horse to lay down. And so he gets it to lay down, and not a wild one at that, with a human present. And so he gets it to lay down, and as he's petting it, he's talking to someone who's listening to him, and he says, you know, contrary to popular opinion, it's not always about showing the animal who's the boss. And he's stroking the horse, and he says, you know what? a lot of times it's about showing them who they can trust. And I think that applies to you and to I. God, although some people have a bad perspective that he's just trying to ruin my fun, he's just trying to tell me what not to do. He's just, God is trying to demonstrate through every instance in our life that he's trustworthy. Have you ever, have you ever had somebody let you down? Betray you? Leave you? He says, I'll never leave you. That's the confidence that we have. Verse 16, listen to what verse 16 in chapter 10 says this. Jesus' words, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. 
Do you have that verse? If you have a device or you have a paper Bible, go to verse 16. He says that I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. What? I have other sheep that are not in this fold. Why did you divide them? Where are they at? Here's what I'm gonna tell you. Theologians understand this to be Jesus saying, as he's talking to the Jews, I have sheep in another fold that are coming to join the family. The Gentiles, that's you and I. So he says, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. I love that with everything God does, there's unity. Think about that going into 2018 and whatever strife, chaos, dissenting voice, whatever things that you experience in your life, whatever he does is unified. He says, there'll be one flock and one shepherd. And then jump down to verse 27. And it says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So there are three things that I wanna tell you about tuning in to the right frequency and hearing God's voice. The first thing is this, if you're taking notes, it's innate. You say, what, I'm born with it? Yes, it's built in as a believer when you come to God, you have it hardwired inside of you. The truth is we were created in the image of God. This is a powerful thought that comes when we understand what creation really means. We were created in the image of God and our God is a communicator and a good one. Not one that just drones on and on about nothing or aimlessly, but he's got a point to what he's saying. Just like I do today. Three points to what I'm saying. The first is it's built in because you were created in the image of God and God is a speaking and a hearing God. This sets our religion apart from all others as well. I've talked with my parents. I heard their stories of serving on the missions field in India. And they would take, there would be mothers who would take breast milk that deserved to go to their own children. And they would take it and put it in front of a deity, a snake God, as an offering to the snake God. And their children would be starving at home because they were trying to appease this God. That's so tragic to think that they're so misinformed and that they don't have the truth of the gospel and you and I do. So don't hide it under a bushel. You've got the light of the world, share it with those around you. God wants to speak to us. He hears us, but why would he create you with the ability to communicate and then not communicate with you? Just, it's so simple. Why would he do that? This is what separates us from animals. It's one of the things that separates us from animals. The fact is, in the creation story, in the account, it says very clearly, we were created in the image of God. Not the horse, not the sheep, not anything else. So as much as I love animals, and as much as someone might try to tell me they can hear the voice of God, their animals can hear the voice of God, that's not what God intended to happen. He intended us to be able to hear him and to speak to him. But here's what's been happening with many believers, and you might fall in the same category. I know I have at times. All we do is talk. 
In our relationship with God, it might just be he's the genie in the bottle, the one that we go to. Here's, here's the list of tasks I need you to get done and do it by Saturday. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. And I have a feeling that God's heart is hurting in moments like that where, where people are so caught up in thinking that he's just the one who does something and just receives information without him wanting to give information back to you. So, it's innate. It's hardwired inside of each one of us. The second thing is, it's learned. Now, this is a contrasting thought. <laughs> Okay, I said it's innate, and now I'm saying it's learned. You're saying, wait a second, it's built in. It's not built in perfectly. Think about it. Think about kids and grandkids that you have. They are born with the ability to communicate, but they still need to be taught what to say, when to say it. Think about that for a second. When to say it and how to say it. They're being taught sounds and grammar and language. I'm so thankful for our guests here today with us. We had them over for dinner this week and we were talking about their daughter and that she needs to learn both English and Mandarin at the same time. That's pretty crazy. And some of y'all don't speak English correct. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to, I don't either sometimes, but how can you learn two languages at the same time? You can, it's possible. Children, should I stop hating on the, yeah, I should stop. Okay, it's possible, listen. Hearing God is the second half of prayer. So no wonder many believers, now I'm not pointing fingers, but no wonder many believers find themselves so bored with prayer. Because I got done talking, now what do I do? For each one of us, and I wanna encourage you, come to our pray first time. Every Sunday morning, we open up our worship center at 945. We have the lights down low and music playing. We have some encouragements on the screen. We pray for everyone who will come to the service that day. We pray for those who serve. They pray for me. We pray for the worship team, the kids, all that stuff. We want you to be here for that. We want you to dedicate some time because it kind of like primes the pump if you will, before you get into the main service. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, God spoke to me in the first song. I didn't even have to wait for pastor to tell me what God said. God can speak to you at any moment. I know this might seem off the cuff and a little bit you know, discolored. Let's go with that. Um, but he can speak to you in the bathroom. He can speak to you on a plane. There's no limit to where he can speak to you, right? So why not prime the pump? And I wanna tell you how to do that. But when I say it's learned, that contrasting thought is, we've all had those situations where kids say, hey, grandma, how old are you? And you're like, no, 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 you don't ask that question. Or something else like, wow, isn't he really large? Or wow, isn't she really short? Or whatever, and you think to yourself, shut up, kid. You know, like, oh, you're embarrassing me right now. We've all had those moments or experience that maybe, and if you didn't laugh that you walked through that, you're the kid, okay? <laughs> so hearing God, though, is the second half of prayer. So take some time and start to listen. My dad said something that has been invaluable to me throughout my life. He said many things which I have learned later in life. Wow, dad was right. <laughs> But this one thing sticks in my head and in my spirit, and I say it frequently, and you could probably finish the sentence. 
God is always speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we, are we on the just one dial over on the dial, one mark over on the dial, and maybe we're hearing a ton of static and we're not getting the, the clear image, the clear hearing, the clear voice? We need to figure out how to do that. So it's, let me give you this analogy. It's like someone picking up the phone and calling you and them just going, hey, blah, 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 and just rattling off the details of their day for five, 10 minutes and then just hanging up the phone before you even have a chance to say anything. That probably would not be enjoyable to any human if that was the consistent pattern. But I think that's kind of what we do with God. I know I've been guilty of doing that. I need this, I need this, I need this. Please do this. Okay, gotta go. And God's thinking, would you like to hear what I have to say about this? Here's the thing. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> Sometimes we don't wanna hear what he has to say because we're happy, we're comfortable, we're whatever, but we've got to listen to his voice. We say this all the time, practice does not make perfect. It makes permanent. So it matters how you practice. That's why you can see some famous sports teams that practice day in and day out. That's why the, the kids that are in the high school with the great record have the great record because they even practice during Christmas break because they show up and they work on it. They eat, sleep, and breathe it. I read a quote from something that was happening during one of the media days for a bowl game that's coming up, and the guy said, you know, I'm sick and tired of hearing my teammate text me this. Hey, what you got going on? Let's go watch tape. Because they're gonna go watch tape and film of the previous games, their opponent that they're coming against, but also themselves to see how they can be better and how they can do better. So practice makes permanent. Here's what you've gotta do to practice hearing God's voice. You've gotta start giving him time to talk. You've gotta get alone with him every day. You've got to have some sort of worship music that can help kind of drown out some of the noise. Maybe, maybe you're the person that says, I don't need any music, I just need quiet. For, for God's sake, I just need quiet in my life. And if that's you, that's okay. But worship music is a good way to do it as well, to help, because, and that's why we do it. We don't do this as a buffer to help the late people show up for the message, right? I mean, I know <laughs> some of you are thinking, oh, did he see me walk in? I don't pay attention to that. I'm glad you're here when you're here, okay? Here's the deal. We don't do three songs and then a message because we give you enough time to get here so that we can talk about the offering and get everybody's money and then get on with our, no. We don't do it like that. We actually do it as a scriptural prescription for how to come into God's presence, when we come into God's presence, we practice it live on stage every week because we wanna come in to his presence with a heart of gratitude. We wanna speak to him his praise and what he's worthy of. We wanna tell him, you know what? I haven't felt like you're trustworthy lately because you let me down in this one area, but bless God, I'm still gonna sing about your faithfulness. It does a heart good to get in that moment. It helps prime the pump. Are you getting what I'm saying today? So, Practice makes permanent. So have some worship music, possibly. 
But here's a really simple thing. You say, Pastor, I, I'm not as, you know, maybe learned in this as everybody else. I don't really know what to do. The first step to do is this. If you haven't heard God's voice, start by reading his word and then simply asking this simple prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this? And then write it down. I know I'm not a journaler and that kind of thing. Take a digital note, whatever you gotta do, but think through, hey, I've read this passage in, in Second Chronicles today and God, it's got some like people in there that begat people and it's got some other things, but Lord, what are you saying to me in this time? And when you just make that request and then shut your mouth, <laughs> it's amazing what you might hear. So practice makes permanent, and some of us are lacking in practice. That's really what it is. I think that's what I'm trying to say in a nutshell, is that all of us could do with more practice. Even the best NFL team, Patriots, can always get, <laughs> can always have more practice, okay? So write down what you think God says to you in that passage of scripture. You'd be surprised after practicing that for a few days, maybe a few weeks, all of a sudden you'll sense that you hear God's voice because you're reading his word, which is his letter. Bless God, it, again, it's not that he just said, hey, I wrapped up this beautiful letter until you read every page, I'm not gonna talk to you. No, he wants to talk to you today, even through that book, which is ancient, but still valuable today. It's important. You can hear God on a consistent basis. That's an incredible thought. And I'm not talking about just an impression. And God works through those. I'm also not just talking about having someone say, oh, I heard from God for you and God said, blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about Crystal can get alone and get quiet in a space with God, read a few minutes of his word, have worship music playing in the background. And all of a sudden she can hear God's voice speak to her. It may be something that she's not expecting. It may be about something that she's not expecting. It could be that God wants to lead her to do something that she hasn't yet chosen to do as a result of not being able to hear what he's saying. If you're interested, because we're always trying to be practical, if you're interested, there's a really great book by a man named Dallas Willard, and it's called Hearing God. I'm sure you can download it on Kindle. If you're a digital reader, you can buy the, the paperback as well, but it's called Hearing God. And it's got some wonderful insights inside of that book um, that would really help each and every one of us as we try to tune into the right frequency. So we said it's innate. We also said it's learned. And the third and final thing is it, it's gotta grow up. It's matured. So it's innate, it's built in, but it's also got to be developed through the learning, but then it's gotta be matured. There are some immature philosophies about God and about relationship with God that I've kind of hinted at, but I wanna talk about for just a moment. And there are three that fall into this category that are real easy to like grab and pick at. And maybe you're like, hey, I know someone who's thought that, or maybe it's you who thought this. But the immature philosophy, the number one thing is that God is a task manager. Lord knows I, I could use a task manager. <laughs> Couldn't you just use a task manager in your life, somebody to manage your tasks for you? That'd be great. But here's the deal. 
He wants fellowship, not instruction alone. And this is a thought that really the Lord put deep in my spirit. Because sometimes we do treat him as a genie in a bottle, a tax manager, or whatever we want to use the analogy for. But he wants fellowship. And fellowship is more than just taking care of business. I've used the experience or the example before, I should say, of my wife and I. There are seasons in our life, and you've all experienced the same thing, which is, hey, honey, we're sitting down. Uh, hey, let's talk about the calendar. What you got going on for the next couple of days? Okay, great. Hey, you know what? Let's veg out tonight. We're going to watch a movie. Okay, let's have popcorn. Let's go to bed. Like, that happens sometimes. But there's not a whole sense of love and commitment and fellowship but when you go out to dinner and you get a babysitter and when you can have time where you look into your spouse's eyes and have that connection, that is when the fellowship, that's where it really is. Yes, business has to be taken care of. Yes, you need to know what day to take who, where and all that stuff. But more than that, fellowship, partnership, togetherness. And that's what God desires. And I think it's a right spiritual desire for each one of us to have the same desire back to him. It's simple, but profound. The second immature philosophy is this. Um, we use it when we talk about photography. Um, it came out a few years ago. It's called the point and shoot camera, okay? You just click a button. It does all the work for you. Now, I don't know if you're guilty of this. How many of you have ever said, God, I just need you to speak to me. Open up the Bible, put my finger down. Whatever he says, he says. <laughs> you're giggling, some of you, not loud enough for the audio, but you, are, you know what I'm talking about, or you've had a friend do it, or whatever. Here's what I'm gonna say. That's what I tell my students at CCA is called Bible roulette. Russian roulette is a really dangerous and important, that's not a game that you ever wanna play. If you're familiar with it, Russian roulette, one bullet in one chamber, spin the chamber, and then bang. And hopefully that wasn't the one with the bullet in it. That's sometimes how we treat the Bible or God's voice. We just go, you know what? I don't have a whole ton of time today, but God, if you'd speak to me. And he's going, well, if you were consistently reading from Romans 1 to 11, you would get the point. But now that you're just telling me to point and shoot, he's, he's going, hey, this is really, it's not the way it's supposed to be. Can God do it? Yeah. <laughs> but I also heard of a businessman who did this and he said, God, you know, I'm having a real hard year. I, my, my small business is really, really hurting. I just, I need you to speak to me. God, would you divinely speak to me? I don't usually do this, but God, when I open up this Bible, I want you to speak to me. And when he opened up the Bible, whatever page he fell on, it was the 13th chapter, chapter 13 for his business. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Right. That's not the voice of God. That was, it was just him. It was just, it was just chance. Hearing God's voice is not a game of chance. It can be consistent. And you, you can say whatever you want because I know some of the hesitation in some of your mind. Wait a second, but, God, but you don't know what I've done recently or how I've sinned or you don't know what I said or you don't know how this is going in my life or you whatever. God does and he still wants to speak to you. My daughter they, they both got in trouble this week, something I wasn't aware of until after the fact. Mommy handled it. She's a superstar mom. She handled it. She doled out a punishment, which was a reasonable thing. All of this was good and fair. 
she, um, I go and speak to one of my daughters and I said, hey, why can't you use your iPad? And she says, mm, I really don't want to talk about it. That's what she said. The things they say. She said, I really don't want to talk about it. And I said, well, that's okay, honey. I said, you know what? Daddy will find out anyway. I said, but regardless of the reason, do you know I still love you? And she just climbed up into daddy's lap. She did the same thing with Amy after having the punishment, which was 24 hours without a screen, okay? This was, uh, and we don't have screens a lot in our house, so, but these girls, it's Christmas vacation. I wanna use it, I wanna watch it, I wanna play it, I wanna whatever. And so to do that kind of thing seemed like, whoa, can I even live through this? But here's the deal, when they sat with mommy, it finished with, uh, mommy, I'm really sorry we did that. We shouldn't have done that. We won't do that again. Thank you for letting us. And, and she said the same words, similar words that I said, which is regardless, I still love you. And sometimes we need to know that that's what God is saying to us, not as a cop out for you to keep on misbehaving, but that he loves you even if you misbehave because that's the point. <laughs> the point is this, gosh, I'm, this is just, it's better than you're letting on, Okay. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. That's the hope of the gospel. And somehow we forget that because we've been saved too long. <laughs> and then we make a mistake. And then we think, oh, no, I need to do what Adam and Eve did. I need to run and hide. I don't want to talk to you. And he's just saying, can we just spend some time together? Sure, he's going to deal with that thing. But he wants fellowship with you. So it's not Bible roulette. That's a bad or immature philosophy about God's voice. And the third one is this. This is an immature philosophy as well, which is whatever will be, will be. The uh, American English that we use, we say que sera, sera, which is not a good translation from either Spanish or Italian. Um, but essentially he thought it was whatever will be, will be. And sometimes we have that attitude too. I think if I'm guilty of any of these, I don't do the point and shoot thing. You better thank God your pastor doesn't do that for a Sunday morning, okay? But I don't do that in my personal walk with him either. But I, I am guilty of considering him to be a task manager and I need him to get some stuff done for me. And I definitely take the approach of, well, whatever will be, will be. I've made this decision and I, I, I'm pretty sure God's good with it. Basically, whatever I choose is God's will. That's harder to acknowledge out loud. But the truth is our choice is not always God's choice. It's not always God's desire for your life. People are wreaking havoc in their marriages, in their relationships, in their friendships, in all of those things because of this fact alone, that they believe their choice is supported by something in God's word. And it's not, it, it might not be. <laughs> I mean, depending on who you talk to and what you're talking about, I can't make a blanket statement for all of them. But what I'm saying is this, our choice is not always God's desire for your life. So here's the bottom line. As the worship team come and join me, 
The bottom line is this, I'm a sheep and I should be able to hear his voice. I should be confident today that I now know that I'm born with it. That I, I, when I'm born again, God says, you're my kid and now I want to eternally speak with you and to you. I want to speak through you to other people. He wants all of that kind of action to take place. I'm a sheep. I also have to learn. Maybe it's that it's been a while since you've heard the voice of God. You know, I think of that story where the shepherd is spoken of later in John. And he says, you know, the, the shepherd would leave the 99 to go get the one. And I think sometimes we think that that one is the super dirty, super ugly one that always gets in trouble. But here's the deal. I think the one is me and the one is you. For each one of us, we might be the sheep that's distanced ourselves from the shepherd in some area. And that doesn't make us the worst of anything. It just makes us the one he's chasing after. And so maybe today he's chasing after you. The majority of us in this place probably could use some more practice in hearing and understanding God's voice. I want you to stand with me. I did say this earlier, but I'll repeat it. The minority that's in here are those who hear him frequently, know his voice. I want you today to reach out to him as well and to be challenged in yourself to pray for those that don't hear his voice because that's all that's needed. It was the still small voice in the back of the mind of the kid who took his inheritance and ran off with it that said, you know what? I think I could probably go home. I think dad would take me back. It was that voice that he listened to. And so the prayers of the saints are the prayers that get each one of us through when we're facing times like that. So you've got to think, if you're the person who hears God frequently and you say, I'm tuned into his frequency, I accept this challenge, then pray for those that you think or that you know don't hear his voice. But for the rest of us, let's just own up to it in God's presence today and say, God, I want to hear you speak to me. In fact, your pastor has been having you practice this for over a year now. As we close each one of our services, we have this moment where I tell you, let's pray just a simple prayer and just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Would you do that today with me? Would you whisper that out loud with me? Say it together. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message today? And then let him speak. Your pastor is not super spiritual. He's, he's a real person just like you. If you've hung out with me, you know this already. But I wanna tell you something that I can say in God's presence before you. I walked off the stage and I stood right there and I've been dealing with something in my mind, something that's going on in my own life. And I heard five words, a sentence. I heard God just speak to me and it set me free. Just the thought of what he spoke to me in my situation. So it's possible. And I'm telling you, it, it can happen for each one. But here's what I don't want you to do. Can we bring that down just a little bit? Here's what I don't want you to do. 
I don't want you to be like Madeline on the second day of her playing her ukulele and say, ah, this is so hard. I just, I, I can't, I can't get the fingers right. I can't get the, don't you give up. That's right. Practice makes permanent. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 or chapter one, verse one. I was just thinking of this while I was standing there. It says this, long ago at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Those select ones who heard God's voice delivered it to others. But in these last days, he's spoken to all of us by his son. Yes, amen. So Christ is still speaking and he wants to give you a word that can do what he just did to me, which is set me free in my mind from something that I just need to be done with. It's so good. Father, I thank you for all that you've done and what you've planned to do. Lord, I thank you for every believer that's made Celebrate Church their home. I thank you for every member. I thank you for every activity that we've done in this past year in outreach. I thank you for every dollar that's been given. I thank you for everything you've walked us through. I thank you that you've seen us through thick and thin and you're not done yet. So God, I pray over every person in this place that this week would be a new week, a time for each one of us to tune in to the frequency that you're on and help us to hear from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Happy New Year.